question. She would have been real proud of you. Proud, proud, proud. Rebecca Lehman, proud to be an American. Mutant and proud. Movie Geeks, it is Movie Geek and Proud. I am Rob. I'm Sean. And we are doing another episode, but this is Sean's pick. And I'm excited. I actually, I picked a movie that wasn't super popular when it came out, but we still had a fan who wanted to be on the episode with us. Yes, he heard our episode and was like, I enjoy that movie. I want to be on it. And it just so happened to be our um, guest that we had on our mini draft episode. We have Brad from Cinema Guys back with us. Hello. This means Rob. <laughs> Every movie has two fans. <laughs> Brad, welcome at least back this to one our has. Show. Thank you, thank you. At least this this one has two fans. Yeah, uh, Brad, how, how's it been since we last talked to you? Uh, it's been very good. We've been very busy we have a a big week for us coming up so we're kind of nervous and excited okay yeah um april's gonna be heavy for us like yeah because that's our anniversary of our one year so we we've got a lot of planning and stuff to do with that and i think almost every episode has a guest so yeah it's it's gonna be jam-packed but brad welcome back we're so glad to have yep. you on the show thank again you. And um, we should just get right to it. Do we have anything else? Is there anything else going on? We should. You forgot why else April's a big month, and I'm really hurt. Oh, well, and it, yeah, all of that will be discussed, like, yeah. <laughs> in April? <laughs> but no, uh, in April. You keep yeah, it a okay. secret? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's a huge surprise. No, Sean has a birthday coming up. <laughs> and just like I did back in July, we're going to give him a Q&A episode. Well, happy early birthday and happy early anniversary to, to you guys. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Thank you, Brad. Our our anniversary isn't until August. Let's do our question of the week. Sean, what's our question this week? Question. Bum, 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 bum. Name a film by Danny Boyle you've never seen before but want to. Okay. Obviously, this question is inspired by today this is a danny boyle film that i have never seen so i figured hey i wonder if there's anybody else out there that hasn't seen something so uh what were some of the answers that we got the film flamers said my answer was always sunshine until i watched it last week now i guess it's the beach it just slipped by me and i never caught it robert yeah um i saw the beach at the in theaters it was one of the I made a point to go and that was around the Romeo and Juliet days. Yeah. Right. So he was fresh on my head. Basketball diaries I loved. And so I was like, I'm going to the beach. I just learned <laughs> that the beach is a Danny Boyle film. Yeah. But you've seen it though. <laughs> yes, I have. But didn't know it was Danny I didn't. Boyle. That's funny. I did enjoy the beach. I thought it was you really did? good. Yeah, I did. Yeah. When, I don't know how I would feel about it with the rewatch. It, it's very depressing. Yeah. yeah, it's been a long time since I've watched it, so yeah, I don't know how it would be how it holds up. Okay, Ryan L. Terry said "Shallow Grave," which I've actually seen that one too. I want to say that I have. I have no memory of it though. 
I developed a big crush on Ian McGregor in my teen years, and I went through like most of his movies. Okay. And it just so happens he did a lot of Danny Boyle movies. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. Yeah, I've noticed that too. Uh, Wine Whiskers Woo Woo on um, Instagram. She says trance. I've seen all of his uh, big screen movies except Millions, which I don't recall knowing about, and Trance, which I definitely meant to see. Uh, thanks for the reminder. Uh, I also picked Trance. That okay. was my because I am starting to get obsessed with James McAvoy right now, and that movie looks like Crank on Crank. <laughs> it, like, it, it kind <laughs> of is, but James McAvoy is excellent in it. i mean what is he not good in i cannot yeah i've been and i don't know what kept me from seeing it but this question did remind me that trance was always on my list and i never saw so that that was my answer uh any any other good ones um friday the 13th horror podcast and dare daniel movie podcast actually took my answer train spotting two but I don't want to just as much. I have had such an affinity for the original. I don't want to ruin it. <laughs> I kind of agree with that, though. Yeah. <laughs> that I, That's kind of why I haven't seen it. It's it's one of those, like, I remember the first one. I don't want to, I don't want to ruin that. What if it's not good? <laughs> was was the um, feedback positive? Did, did people welcome this new sequel? I can't remember. If I don't think anybody saw it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Well, I mean, here's the thing. The movie did come out at a time because we went through this very small phase where they were digging up movies from the vault 13 to 20 years ago and making full on sequels just to see where they've been. So it makes sense for him to have done it. it that was honestly the best time he could have done it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But um, yeah, I haven't seen it either. I don't think I probably I don't think I will. <laughs> OK. Yeah. Um, we had one from Terrible Reviews on Instagram. I don't know if this is a joke or not, but he said, or she, does Slumdunder Mifinare count? I don't know why he spelt it that way. Maybe that's the <laughs> sequel that, that we didn't know <laughs> <Right>. about. <laughs> it's a spelling bee. <laughs> I actually watched Slumdog without knowing it was Danny Boyle. I just learned it was Danny Boyle too, actually. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, when I saw it in theater, I think it was after or maybe during because obviously they put his name up. But I think when I went to see it, I had no clue that was Danny, but very impressed by it. Yeah, it yeah. was a really good movie. Yeah. Um, was there any other good ones that we had? Um, let's see. Macabre Media Podcast said, I haven't seen 127 hours. Mm. That's one I haven't seen. I haven't seen that either. And I think for obvious reasons, I just can't. I just I don't know how much they show. I'm I'm not in the mood. I'd rather watch Hostel and see a bitch get cut up and have her eye popped out. I don't want to see a man use a Swiss Army knife to take. I can't. Well, I can't. I, okay. I think it's it's different when you're watching. Oh, this is some fictional horror movie compared to. Oh, this was based on something that actually happened. It, it you know it's a little different different in your mind. I haven't seen a 127 hours either. It's not that I didn't totally want to but it's the same kind of thing i'm like i don't know if i want to see that <laughs> yeah right. but i love horror movies yeah exactly uh do you guys remember a, a game show called minute to win it yeah, yeah i do okay so i think it's on M nbc right now it's on netflix but so they would just have regular people come up and do 
these challenges using household items you find in the house and you only have a minute to complete each round and it gets harder anyways the gentleman that 127 hours is based on was a contestant on that show wow. so he did every well he did as much as he could with you know just his one arm and his prosthetic but i got to see the real life person and they talked about his story and it was really really interesting to hear him and his journey up until this point so hmm. that was pretty cool all right sean so you chose 127 was that your answer no it was train spotting 2 was my oh, answer train spotting 2 yeah. okay and brad what was your answer for this week i i had uh, 127 hours in train spotting 2 the two that i just not that I didn't want to see them. I just haven't gotten around to it, really. <laughs> yeah, um, the thing with Danny Boyle, I mean, he's an tour director, you guys would say. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I haven't really been able to pinpoint exactly his style. I, I don't think that it, it... I look at it and go, oh, this is a Danny Boyle movie. I have to go see this. If I see it and go, oh, it's a Danny Boyle movie... It probably could be good, and he gets good actors, so, you know, like, 28 Days Later is one of his that I love, but it's, like, he, he like you said, he doesn't have a particular style to me, like, every movie can be very different than one another, which is good, they don't get a, in a rut towards, like, oh, here's another Tim Burton movie, we know what he does now. <laughs> yes. Mm. What about you, Sean? Are you a big fan um, yes and no. I, I agree. Um, I think I like that he changes it up, but I also can't tell. Obviously, I just learned that The Beach and Slumdog were his movies. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, those are both movies I really like, but I don't love. But I used to watch Train Spotting a lot. So, yeah, I would definitely see his movies. Okay. Very good. All right. So, why don't we get to the film of the week? Sean, let us know what you've chosen. I have chosen A Life Less Ordinary, which Rob has never seen. Yes, I've never seen this film. I've always seen the poster. I knew a little what it was about. I knew it had to involve kidnapping, but that's it. And then Sean ever so often would tell me certain things about it. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> Why? I don't like I just I never got that from the poster or the 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 tagline or anything and it was just so funny just just hear that it was so fantasy right yeah so this movie has a lot of people in it including ewan mcgregor which is the reason i saw it um cameron diaz holly hunter ian holm dan hedea stanley tucci i'll Tuch. talk about some other ones that come up delroy lindo yeah <laughs> It came out October 24th of 97. It was budgeted at 12 million and it made 4.4 million. Wow. Now was that a Now it said wide release on IMDb. So this got a Hollywood based mm -hmm. release and nobody saw this. That's so crazy. I know. I I'll admit I did not see it in the theater. I honestly didn't know about it until like I was in, you know, this was the day you go to Blockbuster and see what movies are out. And I saw it and I was like, oh, you McGregor, Cameron Diaz. I bet this is a good one. And went home, watch it. And I, I really liked it. So when would you say is the last time you watched it, Brad? Uh, until 
uh, recently, it'd been a quite a few years. Like I, I, after I watched it, like I bought it shortly after that and I watched it, you know, quite a few times, but then, you know, it's just been quite a few years. It's one of those movies that just stuck in my mind. Like, oh yes, I do love that movie. And when someone brings it up, like when I heard on your show, I was like, oh, that movie, I I love that movie. (laughs) And then getting to watch it again, I'm like, oh, I know why parts of this movie I really enjoy. And like... (laughs) what kind of mm-hmm. grabbed me just because it's it's very quirky and odd <laughs> right <laughs> i actually i watched it again yesterday in preparation for the podcast before that though i actually just watched it last year because um i was home with rachel one day my roommate and i was like let's finally make you watch this movie <laughs> and i sat her down and she loved it too <laughs> so I don't really want to know what Rob thinks about it because I have a feeling he didn't like it. So I'm just going to run through what it's about really quick. Well, I was going to say, you you should do the plot and and tell everybody how crazy this movie is. All right. So I'm going to go off memory. I'm not going to read anything. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So basically, we start off in heaven, which is basically a big white office space where Dan Hedaya is the head of the office. And the love department is in trouble because there's too many divorces. So he commissions two angels with, you need to make these two people fall in love or else you're fired. You can't come back to heaven. You have to stay on earth. I love the fact that heaven looks like utter hell. Right? (laughs) It looks like utter hell. Like, it was so busy. It looked like a police station. It looked like there were prostitutes waiting to be booked in. Yep. And, like, everybody was just waiting to be seen. He looks stressed the fuck out. Like, this is not heaven to me. No. (laughs) Put them all in white. That means it's it's just the grace of God. It's so funny. Yeah. They just made it look like crap. And it's funny. They don't even have, like, angel wings or anything. (laughs) So, meanwhile, on Earth, Ewan McGregor is um working a janitor job but he gets fired for an automatic cleaner so long story short too late um he goes back to the office with a gun and he's like i want my job back and the boss's daughter's there and she kind of goes along with this hey why don't you kidnap me and we'll we'll extort my dad for money so they run off together and it just so happens they're the two that the angels need to make fall in love so hijinks ensue of her being a completely rich bitch and him being a completely clueless guy along for the ride of trying to get a ransom out of the dad. Mm-hmm. Very well done. Very well done. Uh, so the the so when they got the file and they were like, these two need to fall in love, was there a reason for it or was it because fate was going to bring him together anyway? That's kind of what I got out of it. Okay. That they were fated to be together, but problems arise as we go so they had to kind of help it along okay okay cool that's kind of what i got from it too is fate was going to make it happen but let's let's speed it up a little bit yeah all right rob rip off the band-aid okay so (laughs) i watched this movie really really late at night after a very long weekend but um Watching this with this amazing cast, I was super, super excited to like see everyone in their 90s, like (laughs) in their (laughs) 90s ways, because like, man, the acting back in the 90s was just gold. Delroy Lindo, I have not seen him 
in forever. I don't even know if he's still alive. Is he still alive? He people? is. I, I looked it up today because I was the same way. I was like, man, I haven't <laughs> seen him in something in so long. I love this guy. No, he is. I think he's doing some TV TV work now. Yeah, I figured he was on TV somewhere. I remember him doing like a Law and Order or something. But uh, yeah, so at the end of the day, though, I wasn't feeling this movie. Wow. Yeah, I, I just could not get into it as much. And the biggest thing, I did not like Cameron or Ewan at all. What would you say was about them you didn't like? Well, I didn't like how Hugh McGregor was a bumbling idiot. Like, that wasn't even comedic for me. It was actually pretty pathetic, in my opinion. <laughs> I just could not with him. So, yeah, the thing with Hugh McGregor, I don't know if I'm a fan of his now. I really need to go back and look at his history because it just may turn out that I don't like the guy, especially if he's talking about love. I just think he's super cheesy on the, I don't know, Mulan... I just can't with that. And with this one, it's just it was there was just so many things that was wrong with him. I just didn't understand <laughs> why he was such a I don't understand why he's such a lovable person. I just I just it was just so weird watching him. And so here's the thing. I think him and Cameron were really cool together. I did enjoy watching those two banter back and forth. It's just their characters just were really irritating me so much um i understand cameron diaz playing a very spoiled person so she can get away with anything and that's why she has you know that attitude i've seen roles like this before but i don't wish her to fall in love i'm sorry she doesn't deserve it why i, I there is nothing redeeming about her that says that she should get the guy at the end i'm just i just was not feeling these two so just with that, it was really hard to root for them. Okay. Yeah. I I can I can see that. But for me, like it was the other characters that really got me. Like the quirkiness. I loved Holly Hunter in this. I thought she was awesome. Her like just the weirdness of her, like when she's reading the book in the hotel or when she's <laughs> after him climbing on the car. Like I'm I'm just like I just we thought can do she was this awesome. the easy way or the hard way. <laughs> so was the voice thing like on purpose? I think she was I just think being so. Holly Hunter and having fun, just making her own characters within her character. Okay. Yeah. Like I think as an angel, she was having fun just playing different roles. Okay. So let's get down to like the plan. What? I what? Let's just sh- I, okay, so well before we get there, I need okay. a palate cleanser. I want to know from Brad why do you like this movie? Okay, I need to cancel out Rod's <laughs> assholiness. I like this movie because of to me it was just a fun, quirky little movie. Like it, it was a comedy yet a romantic comedy, and just you know like when i when i told you guys to watch hudson hawk it's that same type of thing just it has these weird little characters like delroy lindo and holly hunter's angels i loved them stanley tucci he was just so bizarre and i don't even honestly yeah. know why he was in the movie but i i i loved him there was no reason there was no reason for him to be in this movie and i love stanley tucci he looked good in this movie and the- god he well he still looks good now but man i was yeah. feeling this man <laughs> in this film 
But I, there was no point to him. That entire like scene with him and Cameron in the nurse outfit, there was just no reason for I didn't understand what was happening. And like him, oh, I just, I don't know. But you know what's <laughs> funny is for the longest time, I thought he was gay because he always plays either gay or effeminate because mm-hmm. in um, Julie and Julia, he was straight, but yeah. he was still very effeminate. Yeah. So seeing him in this, this is like the only movie I've seen where he's like, Oh, he asshole straight guy. Oh, he pulled it off so well. I loved it. Oh, he was so good. But, but, but yeah, the, I just... the nurse doctor scene was very, I mean, just his character in general was odd why it was there. But that scene was like, oh, we're just going to throw something in here. Well, I mean, it was clearly to point out how jealous. Well, was well yeah. And, and to show, but we already knew he was into her. So it's just, again, it was just a very, like, I didn't understand what her point of view was and why she was doing it. Do you think he was in it to highlight in the beginning that she maybe it was to kind of make us like her a little bit or try to make us like her because she's not just there for the money because he was obviously like the choice for a rich husband. Well, I know. Well, she had to make some kind of payment for his work on getting the bullet out. That is the only thing that I can think of. But it was just this it was still this weird thing like she was going to sleep with him, I think. Mm-hmm. Even though she planned on him getting drunk, I was like, oh, woman. Mm-hmm. But this was another reason why I was like, okay, like, do you deserve life? I, oh, I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah. And actually, I wrote that in my notes. I was going to ask if she deserved to be, to have this love in the end, because she is such a bitch through most of the movie. I think just, a, I mean, I don't need stuff to be, like, handed to me, but... They didn't give a reason why these two needed to be together. I mean, unless it was to keep her from, like, destroying the world or killing someone else. Let's make her happy and make sure she doesn't send any more people up to heaven. But there there was no sort of backstory as to why these two were chosen and why they needed to fall in love at the time that they did. Of course, you and McGregor needed a break. He, right. He had just gotten fired from his job and his girlfriend broke up with him. He had dreams, but no vision. I don't know. Was he, like, stupid? I don't think he was stupid. Okay. Because, I don't know, it's some of the things that he was trying... I mean, I understand that he was very reserved and shy. Like, my favorite scene out of this whole entire movie is when he is trying to call the dad to set a ransom in the payphone. <laughs> that shit was so fucking funny. But it just took more and more out of why I don't even want to be with you. You were just so... <laughs> I just... Ugh, I didn't get it. I didn't get the appeal of why he's, like, lovable. It just... I mean, he has a good heart, but, like, everything about him just was like, why? I don't get it. Well, I think the idea is you have this girl who has everything and who's jaded because she doesn't have much to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And you have this. Actually, I noticed that, too. He's just like Moulin Rouge because he's a penniless writer yeah, again. Yeah. But he basically sees the world as like his playing field because I see him as very naive and sheltered. Mm-hmm. So I could see that would be the draw. They can really teach each other something about the bigger picture of life. Fair enough. Fair enough. We have the uh, the upper class and the lower class like coming together, as because he was more of the he doesn't have anything and lost everything, and she was up at the top, and then she ends up losing everything. So they bring them together in a nice little musical in the bar in the middle. Yep. I love that part <laughs> when they break in a song. 
But one thing that you said, Brad, that I completely agree with is I think the biggest draw for why I keep coming back to this movie is Holly Hunter is hysterical. <laughs> oh, yes. I love the idea of the fate and the angels, and I think it's very creative, but she steals the movie for me. And I want to know, like, bringing her in, if Danny Boyle was like, you know, just do whatever you want. Just right. have fun with this. And she, she was just like, all right, I'm going for it. <laughs> so, so yeah, so back to the plan. Let's put them in this high-octane, dangerous situation. We'll throw in a little Stockholm in there, and, you know, we'll make them fall in love. Like, the angels didn't really even go over the plan. It was just like, oh, we're just going to make them kidnap one, like one for the other. And then let's repossess all of his belongings. Like they just showed up for that. I thought they were going to be like, of course, behind the scenes, like intervention sort of thing. But like you took all of his shit away. Like was this is all part of the plan. Here's how well I know you, Rob. I put in my notes each of the interventions so that we could talk about them and go through them okay. and see if they make sense. <laughs> they, they don't. They don't. I So he, they, he, he repossesses his stuff, and I guess he needed to be, like, literally rock bottom in order for him to throw a gun at this man's face. But I don't understand how putting a gun in somebody's face gets you your job back. It just, like, that in itself, you've already gone cuckoo, and it's a suicide mission. You're not coming out of this alive so the plan in itself didn't make sense. What do you think he was going to accomplish? Well, to first jump on the repo, the okay. reason why they came as repo, I think they their plan was to take everything from him and push him to do something okay. crazy like yeah. he did. Okay. But you're right. Holding a gun to your boss's face, it's a stupid he idea. He literally was like, I want my job back. What are you going to do? Like clock in the next day? <laughs> I like, what? It's, it's just so, I, I just didn't get the plan. So, I mean, again, I know that wasn't the point of the movie, but just him doing that does not get points for me. Well, so it, I'm, I'm, I'm trying on to fall in love with him. Put him on that, like like you said, maybe he wasn't the smartest of guys either. So he's yeah. He he was just like, what can I do? Oh, I'm just gonna go to the extreme and try to do this. I do love the fact that in '97, Danny Boyle already had it down. AIs taking over our jobs. Yeah, <laughs> that was some scary shit to watch. And poor janitors, like they. <laughs> <laughs> their job isn't really something that is is looked at as like a career goal and yet they still can be replaced so easily and that just sucked all right so the next time they intervened was when they were the um taking the job as the bounty hunters yes that thing was pretty cool too okay. i like that negotiation thing <laughs> what did he say a hundred thousand dollars i don't know how much that's worth in the 90s but he was like that's too much yeah I was like, fuck you, dude. That's your daughter. What the hell? Well, and then they end up with $200,000 out of it. Right. I love how she says it too. $200,000. Uh, yeah, I like the scarf. I, I, The scarf is like its own character. The way she was just waving that thing back and forth was just awesome. But so Cameron, she's for one, isn't scared, meaning she has no soul. And two, she kicks the gun back to him and was like, do it, do it. Mm -hmm. And then here, I'll help you count. Shoot him. It's just, why do I want her to win again? <laughs> I was like, this woman's crazy. 
<laughs> but that's why I liked her. She was crazy. No, she she was a fun character. I really liked her. This was, I think, a year after The Mask. Mm. And I don't know exactly when this was filmed, but I think it released a year afterwards. She wasn't too much of a big name yet, but um, I think it's cool that she was still sought out and chosen for this movie because the role worked perfectly for her. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that... I really do like about Danny Boyle's movies and especially in this one is the scene where the two angels are in their bounty hunter phase and they kidnap Ewan McGregor and they take him to bury him in a hole and that music is playing the whole time and Cameron like takes out Holly Hunter and she's running through the forest to get to him Mm -hmm. and that part gives me chills every time with that music. (laughs) <laughs> he's good with music placement yeah oh yeah he's very good with that i did like the score score was good mm-hmm. yeah uh him getting shot up though i don't know what that was about when because they go to meet for the drop off and then they just shoot at him i think it was so he wouldn't run away with the money i guess or oh earlier when it was the bomb yeah I think they did that just to make him see what the stakes are and make it feel real. Okay, okay. With the, uh, Tim- the- Timothy Oliphant cameo before then, like a really young... Fuck me. <laughs> oh, these cameos were amazing. <laughs> Timothy looked so young. Right? So young. I wonder if that was his first picture. I'll look it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I he had the most baby face I've ever seen, and it was so small... <laughs> It was just like you, he just probably auditioned, was like, Look what I did, daddy, today. Like, I just, I got he this. He has a role. daddy? <laughs> I know. It's like, You got this role. Look what I'm doing. I was in this big movie for two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> there is a uh, another cameo that I did notice, but he's more of a TV star. Um, but uh, it was the gas station clerk, the one who was like super happy. And then Hugh McGregor was just like, Here's an extra 20. Be a good man. Live your life. Don't let anybody tell you. Like, that's the smartest thing he said. But did you guys recognize the the guest clerk? I didn't. So that's Christopher Gorham, who was on Ugly Betty. Um, he was also on this short miniseries called Harper's Island. He's currently doing Insatiable on Netflix. Uh, he did another show where he was some army vet, um, but he was also on Ryan Murphy's Popular, that high school's WB show. I don't know if you watched that back in the day. Mm-hmm. No. no. Well, yeah, I I recognize him. He's everywhere. I Yeah, he's awesome. So it was really cool to see him. So Timothy Oliphant's first movie, I didn't remember him being in this movie, but you'll probably remember it because you remember everything because you're weird. Um, <laughs> he was in the first Wives Club. Yes, that was his first movie. First movie, 1996. Wow. So, then A Lifeless Ordinary, 97, then Scream 2, 97. So, where was Go? Go. I think that was 99. Yeah. So, that oh, was sorry, later. I stole your thunder. <laughs> <laughs> no, so First Wise Club, he was the director of Goldie Hawn's newest role or movie. Okay. And he basically told her, I picked you to play the mom, which is another way to make her feel like she's this old woman so yeah it was very short but um yeah he was definitely in that one that's funny 
I was going to say, what did you guys think of the uh, kind of like the the backwoods neighbor that came to the house? <laughs> what the hell? What the hell was that? What the hell? I was so creeped out. I was so creeped out. He was like, I've been talking to my friend and he said this. And then he was like, oh, you're. Puppies, you mean Felix is a dog? And he's like, why would I talk to a dog? What the hell is... I was like, oh my God, please shut the door. Why are you still talking to him? This is creeping me out. Please tell me the point of him. I don't... I'm regular. I'm regular guy. <laughs> Just watching my biblical television and... Oh yeah, that's right. I only do biblical channels. I don't know who this man is. Well, I think he was there for a few parts that mattered. Like he was comedy and he's the reason for the musical number mm -hmm. so to get the musical number in the movie which was you know very important to the story um <laughs> but also he came in in the end and helped so yeah. he was needed for something yes 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 i do remember that he did come in and you find yeah. out his friend felix does bark a lot so yeah <laughs> maybe that's who your neighbor is maybe felix is the one barking <laughs> oh i know right we have this dog who lives very close to us who barks through all of our recordings so if you hear him we call him the ghost <laughs> this puppy ghost that just barks right in the middle if you listen carefully you'll hear him barking did you also recognize i'm sure you did the bartender the, the restaurant owner oh oh yeah tony shalou yeah. he was awesome i like him he gave the morality of it all. Oh, that was another thing that pissed me off. He was like, I didn't write the fucking poem. Go away, bitch. I was like, what is wrong with you? She is pouring your heart out, her heart out to you. And you're just like, I didn't write it. Oh, my God. Now, okay, I have a question. Because the angels were like super happy that this poem worked and she wanted him but did they really expect for this man to lie and have their relationship start as a lie? Like that was a very risky thing to do just to get up into heaven. I think at that point they just didn't give a fuck. They just needed this mission to work. Yeah. They were desperate. Yeah. They just wanted out at that point. They're like, we just want to go back. <laughs> that, that was, that was a little, I just, I was like, how long is this charades going to go? Is he really going to pretend that? So I like his honesty. I love the fact that he's being truthful, but it's just the way that he said it. He was just like, I didn't write it. I still don't like you. And then he, like Tony Shalhoub was just like, you are nothing. Go after this woman. <laughs> Cause you are absolutely nothing. And I felt bad. Yeah. There wasn't a very uplifting, like, Oh my God, they're going to, it's like, he obviously get what you can get. And it's just, I don't know. And I just, you know, what about the, uh, you know, basically the end when he kind of comes around and God himself like steps in and he gets shot through the heart and like all the light comes out and, and then he realizes and they get together. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Cheesy nineties so movie right there. <laughs> so was that the phone call? To yes. have him survive? I thought it was to bring the angels well, back. Well, I did a little bit of research. Okay. Um, so Ian gets shot through the heart. Yeah. And then it shows um, Dan Hiday on the phone, and he yells, or he says, thank you, thank you, puts it down, and he yells, Ezekiel. Ezekiel is the angel of death. So I think he was getting permission for Ezekiel to keep Ewan alive. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Them getting shot was terrifying 
Really? Yeah. When those two angels got shot, I was floored. <laughs> I didn't know. what I was like, man, this movie just went super dark. She got right in the head. And then they're slowly moving. <laughs> I, saw, I love that whole scene. You're like, didn't you see it? They, they moved. <laughs> he was totally freaked out. Um, so I love it. Let me tell me about like the Cameron Diaz father dynamic. Like, do you justify her behavior? Like the way she grew up, her shooting apples off people's heads and, and just like that, that, that whole sort of spoiled rich girl. Yeah. Like, like how do you guys feel about that? Just, just that type of relationship. Like, should she hate her dad as much? Is he really trying to teach her a lesson? What is, does he really love her? Like what, what do you think about that like dynamic of those two? I think it says a lot in her story to Ewan where she says, this isn't my first time I've been a hostage. Um, I was a hostage when I was a little girl and they took a, I think six pints of blood every week. And it was and what, three weeks six to get her weeks. back? Or six weeks yeah, to get her back. Yeah, six weeks. So I think going through something like that, yeah, she has every right to hate her dad. He's a money grubbing asshole. <laughs> I agree with that. But, she's, <laughs> but, she, but she stayed though. What's she supposed to do? She was 12. Well, no, I mean, as oh, a grown woman. Up. Yeah, yeah, when she just grew well, up. Well, I mean, she, like, you're gonna... she had all the okay. money and can kind of do, she could do anything she wanted. She wasn't going to leave that. I mean, she could put an apple on someone's head and go shoot it off. She's like, <laughs> why would I want to leave this? <laughs> See, Rob, you don't even like you, McGregor, but he makes women who have everything figure out what love is. He did it to Cameron. He did it to Nicole. He did it to me. I don't, I don't know, and and I didn't really find him that attractive in this movie either. No, his that wig on his head was just no, I couldn't do it. I hate to be so negative. I I love the fact that this was more of a fantasy than a hardcore like comedy drama or whatever. I did love the angel aspect, but um, I guess you can say I was used to more of a angelic sort of intervene instead of just two people fucking around and just making sure that they fall in love, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, they got no resources down there. They were living in a shithole and, and just kind of hanging out and being depressed the whole time. And Dory Lindo, he was just not having it. He just hated everything about Earth. And I don't know, I just expected, I guess, more like magic stuff to happen uh, uh you know in addition so you to wanted l enchanted i guess something, with your gay ass something <laughs> <laughs> S- no something but um no i i did like the angel aspect i guess i just wanted more instead of just this very like hardcore they're just two people intervening and and i do like the fact that they weren't like persuasive like they didn't become friends with them or anything they just did certain things and kind of drove them into the direction they needed to go. But like him robbing the bank, that pissed me off too. Cause he was just so horrible at it. And then he gets, sh- I was just like, what is happening? I don't know. You just needed more Holly Hunter and you would have been all in. I yeah. guess so. And you know, what's funny. I only really know her from this and from Incredibles, which you don't see her. I know. <laughs> right. Well, I mean the Batman and Superman as well. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that's true. She's really good in that. She she has the, the voice that you know, like you hear her, you're like, oh, I know who that is. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. One thing I noticed this time, which I think I either didn't remember or didn't notice because it's a quick line, is um, Cameron Diaz's dad um, telling her that she has to get a job. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really funny. Like, she would rather go through a fake ransom 
and get a job. I I don't know how you guys liked her. I really don't understand how you guys ended up liking her. She lost her shit when she found out she had to work. And then the way he was describing the job, like you're going to do this and you're going to start from the bottom and you're going to know what the value of money is so I can just take it away once you know it. I was like, oh my God, this dad is lethal. He is hardcore. I don't know. To me, it's almost like an Aladdin Jasmine thing. Jasmine was kind of a bitch in the beginning too, not as bitchy as Cameron, but you know she she learns the value of life by the end of the movie, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where I see Cameron. Like she learned that she's not happy with the people she's surrounded by. She meets Ewan McGregor, who has this mutant power to make women fall in love with him. <laughs> <laughs> it's because he can sing. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. He was really good at the musical number. Yeah. Yeah. I I did appreciate that. He knows how to sing and get the lady. Okay. So my last thing was his dream about a wheel. And like, that is something that I didn't understand either. And like, if you were to open up the case and there's the photo of him with his, him tied to the wheel, but his body's opened up. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Okay, so explain the wheel thing to me. I don't, I don't know if I fell asleep or something. I didn't get the meaning of that. So I think it's part of a bigger question, actually, that I wanted to pose to both of you. So I'll get my two cents after you guys do. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> but the whole movie, Ewan McGregor um, is having the recurring dream about the bullet going through his heart and the wheel. So... Do we think this is some sort of bigger picture where heaven is helping him by giving him these images? Or is it something within him that's just himself? Like, does he have some sort of power that's letting him see the future? Or mm-hmm. What do we think that is? And give a good answer so I can copy what you say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the, the wheel... Is, is more like he doesn't know where his life is going and he doesn't know what's going to be next. So I think it, even though he's hit rock bottom and he is not the smartest of criminals trying to do what he's doing, he still doesn't know where to go and what to do and it just kind of freaks him out. That's where I would see the, the whole spinning of the wheel of what's going to be next. I don't I don't know if the uh you know seeing the getting shot in the heart if it was just kind of a hey if I continue down this path I'm going to die type of thing or or what Um I I would go with the former of what you said. Um I I think it could just be subliminal messages kind of leading him towards this sort of path that he's supposed to go on. But again, I don't have anything to back that up because it didn't look like the angels had any powers when they got to earth. They just knew it all and knew about him and what decisions he would make if they did A, B, and C. But I didn't I didn't see them fly anywhere. I didn't see them do anything. They didn't call for help like I don't think they had any gifts when they went down there. So, now, Do you think they could put... There are a few points where I felt like they could, I guess, kind of put thoughts into people's minds. Like they would say something and then that person seemed to kind of do it afterwards. But I got that impression too, actually, in the end when the neighbor and his friend came and helped out. It was almost like... 
they were being led to helping. So I, I do think there's some sort of control there. But my two cents, it actually, um, I really liked your description, Brad, because I agree with the wheel. It, I think it's meant to look like the Wheel of Fortune on purpose because you don't know where it's going to land. You don't know what you're going to get. It could be something really good or something really shitty. And um, I do think that, I think that God in the movie knew the whole time what the outcome was going to be, honestly. Okay. I think this was just a way to, like, get your department to start working hard again, like, shake things up. <laughs> that, I think, was, I think that's honestly super hardcore. Like, divorce, divorce, divorce. How do we get these people to start sell, mm -hmm. sell, sell? Like, we're going to have to start, like, <laughs> like, sacrificing your jobs if you can't deliver, man. Like, yeah. And, like, if our best agents can't come through, then we're just going to scrap it all and, mm -hmm. like, start from scratch, do something different. That's how a job's supposed to go. That's, yeah. That was some heavy pressure right there. I think I think it was God putting the message into Ewan's head, like, hey, this is how it ends. Be ready for it, basically. Mm -hmm. We have to and downsize, do so get ready. Yeah. <laughs> I do love that Dan Hedaya was in this film, too. I adore him. I really do. I don't see him in much, but like he did, you know, Adam's family and, you know, he did this clueless. I, I just find him to be a fun guy when he does comedy. It's out of my control. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he he so plays the very good, like get the boss guy that can just yell at you. And you're like, All yeah. Right, yeah. Now I would love for Cher's dad to be, the boss in heaven like just yeah. having that character <laughs> in life less ordinary would have been comedic gold i think it's funny because we talked a lot about how hated cameron diaz is in the beginning but people hated ewan mcgregor in the beginning too his boss the the lady his mm -hmm. manager she was so happy to fire him i've never seen a boss just smile that big when she's like you're fired Oh, what did you guys think of his novel idea? I think it's great. I thought it was pretty pretty good. <laughs> it's a little predictable, people. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what Cameron Diaz really is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. No, I got that idea. The way that they were telling the story, I was like, oh my God, is she really like Monroe's daughter? Like, that'd be weird. <laughs> But yeah, I thought the same thing right when they did it. And I was like, oh, it's just him telling the story. Yeah. I thought that was a funny gag that they kept going through that throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. Okay. So was there any other thoughts anybody wanted to bring up about this amazing movie, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> no, for me, uh, this was actually, I think, one of a first where we were like, super divided on a film on our show uh i i love the actors that were chosen for this again it was a delight to see Deroy lindo again i thought holly hunter was funny to watch i didn't laugh out loud with holly hunter i just thought that her character was super creative out of the bunch cameron diaz played the bitchy role so well again her lack of emotion uh, especially when she was crying and pretending to be kidnapped and oh my god you know just like muffling and like on the phone pretending she was being wrestled up just give him the money to, like all of that was just so easy to her and like I, I dig her for that she, she was cool and she still looked beautiful uh, 
But overall, yeah, it's just a movie that to me just didn't have likable characters. So it was really hard for me to just enjoy the ride, unfortunately. Now, but listening to you guys, <laughs> I do see a lot of points that were confusing, but now I understand them. And I'm okay with the film. But again, at the end of the day, we just saw two different movies. <laughs> <laughs> now, is this a movie you could put on, say, on a Saturday afternoon if it was on TV and be like, oh, I could, you know, watch through this again just to because it's just a quirky little movie. Uh, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think there were just too many um sort of depressing moments okay. in this that I, I don't know if it would just put me in a good mood. So unless it was just hardcore funny, I would need to be put in a good mood to watch this. I don't know if this one would do it. Uh, your Hudson Hawk would do it though. Wow. <laughs> no, I would. One, I, yeah, one out of two I ain't said, bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As I said before, like that was one that I can definitely just watch because the, just the way people are moving is entertaining and entertaining enough. You can put that movie on mute and still enjoy Hudson Hawk. I think uh, this one definitely was about story and there was a more meaningful message to it. Um, it just kind of escaped me, I guess on my first run. Okay. Yeah. What about you, Sean? Um, it's funny. Cause um, I wasn't excited to see this movie. I remember exactly why it, I was in my Ewan McGregor phase and a preview showed in front of another movie and I was like, okay, I guess I'll watch it. Mm -hmm. But I just, from that first watch through on, I just fell in love. Cause again, I love the acting. I love the story. I just think it's such a fun, I know we haven't used this word yet in this recording, but quirky movie. <laughs> no, we haven't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about you, Brad? I, I mean, it'd been a few years since I've watched it and rewatching it again. I'm like, I just remember how much I love the movie. Like, I think the biggest part that really grabbed me the first time I watched it besides like Holly Hunter's character was the musical scene in the bar. I just, cause I was just like, it was completely out of left field and I'm like, Oh, this is the type of movie it is. I'm just along for the ride. I'm going to have fun with this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I do really love the um, claymation in the end. That just like solidifies a great movie to me. <laughs> that was pretty good. Okay, Brad, what are we going to rate this? Out of what, what are my, uh, what's my rating? Our first we choose um, something from the movie to rate it as. You can rate it. Um, oh my God. What are some of the stuff that I saw in there? Musical numbers? <laughs> you gaming robots? Rate it. How many Holly Hunters would you rate this? Okay, there you go. All right, Rob. Oh, me? I'm going first. Okay. Um, okay, so I am going to give a Life Less Ordinary two out of five Holly Hunters. I want to quit the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I have movies coming up that you're definitely not going to like, so we just haven't touched them yet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give it because obviously it has rewatchability to me. I recommend it. I have fun every time I watch it, so I'm going to give it double your score. I'm going to give it four Holly Hunters. And I'm going to go along the same lines. I'm going to also give it four Holly Hunters because I just enjoy this movie quite a bit. 
also, if you take all their scores and add them up, it gets a 10, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. No, I'm glad that I saw it. It's a movie I haven't seen. Now I can take it off my list. All good. Well, at least it was on your list. Yeah, no, it, it was on my list. Cameron Diaz, I love. So, yeah, the fact that when you mentioned Angels, I was like, I want to see this. Okay. Yeah. You prefer your Ewan McGregor more like down with love? <laughs> see, I haven't seen that. I <laughs> see. I think I'm. I may just not be a fan. I want to quit the podcast. <laughs> I honestly just may not be a fan. I I don't know, but just him falling, watching him fall in love is just utterly boring. I there's a scene in Down with Love. I'm not even gonna say what it is, but it's it's hysterical. It's genius. Yeah. So you're cool. gonna watch it one day. Okay. Fair enough. So, see, Brad, why don't we start a podcast? <laughs> we can start a, an Ewan McGregor, start an Ewan McGregor podcast. Yeah, no, people would love that. You're just going to hear me breathing heavily the whole time. <laughs> I think that brings us to Sean Soundbooth time. Yeah, what song did you pair with this? You know what's funny? I knew the song right away because the song started playing in my car and I was like, hmm. I want to use this for Sean Soundbooth time. And that's what made me pick this movie. <laughs> okay. The song is by My Chemical Romance, and it's called Bulletproof Heart. Never heard of it. What the hell is wrong with you? I don't, you know me in music. I don't do music, so I have to hear it in order for me to recognize it. If you tell me a name, I'm not going to know. I know who, chem, what was the chemical imbalance you said? <laughs> 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 My Chemical Romance. He's, he's never coming back. I, was, I knew what you said. I was joking. <laughs> I know Chemical Romance. Did you recognize that song? I can't, I can't place it. No, I, I, can, no, I, I will admit that I've listened to some Chemical Romance, but not a ton. It was one of their hits, you guys. I I don't remember the song, but it does sound good from what I heard. So yeah, there you go. And they say a lot of things in the song, like "It's who I've got to be." These pigs are after me. So it does have things that remind me of the movie because they're being chased the whole time, and it's a Kind of like a getaway movie sometimes. Yeah, no, great choice, great choice. Now, would you put this movie on your, uh, what was the last question, your road trip movie? Because they kind of take a trip, not across country, but kind of. I I think if they didn't return back to the same cabin, I would say this is a road trip movie, but okay. they kind of went from one location to another. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I wouldn't put it as a road trip movie. Yeah, you're yeah, yeah. you're reaching there, buddy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So I think that's gonna do it for our show, Brad. You've been a treat. Thank you for helping I us had, out with our mini. I had episode to come on and help and... Sean. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, but you've been on our mini episode now, a full episode. Yeah, you're just yeah. We may poach you. I'm like, 
a movie geek and proud veteran now. Yeah. <laughs> no, we really appreciate you coming on. And um, that's a lesson for all of you out there. If you find out we're reviewing a movie you love, hit us up. You might be a guest on our show. If you have a huge opinion about it, let us know. Yeah, thank you very much for having me on, guys. It's I love your show, and thank you for having me on again. I'm Brad. I'm Justin. And I'm the Cinemaiden. We are the Cinema Guys. We do a movie podcast. We're just three friends. Who love to talk about movies. And probably the best podcast you've ever heard about movies ever. Or is it the best podcast you've never heard yet? Ooh, but what if they have heard and they forgot that they heard and they have heard it before? Then they should listen again. Yes. Oh, dear God. Real quick, top favorite episode you've ever had of the cinema, guys, go. Aquaman, we make fun of Brad the whole time. (laughs) Oh, Aquaman was a good one. Every other week we have a full episode where we give our top lists. About usually a new movie, usually. Usually a new movie. You know, we always give at-home recommendations at the very end. But my favorite is our fun little banter. I think the lists are the best thing that we do. Lists are fun. I love to make lists about movies. Just head over to wearethecinemaguys.com and you can subscribe, contact, listen to the show, all of that. As I always like to say, maybe sometime we will see you at the movies. Of course, of course. So next week, hopefully the novelty has not worn off. We are going to give you our review of Jordan Peele's Us. This movie will have been out for most likely two weeks and a half. And uh, we know that everybody is going to have reviewed this movie by then. So hopefully you come back and review us with us again and uh, get a different perspective as we have a panel of four who is giving all of their insight as to what this movie did for them. Also, you can hear each of us do an impression. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes. We we did our first impression segment on this movie, and it was so bad but so good at the same time. <laughs> See who Shantae's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also, for you uh, Patreon uh, folks... We are going to do a bonus mini episode of Jordan Peele's first episode of Twilight Zone, which premieres on the 1st of April. So keep a lookout for that. And if anyone would like um, the review of us as well as a review of Twilight Zone, uh, this episode will be under the light speed tier of just a dollar. So give our uh, Patreon page a check. And and see if you um, like some of the rewards that we have on there. Um, it's patreon.com slash MGP podcast. And also, if you are enjoying our show, <clears throat> remember to give us a review on any podcast you are using, um, especially iTunes. And this just helps us um, come up a lot easier in search engines. And also, check out the Cinema Guys. They are an amazing podcast. Brad, tell everybody how they can find you again. You just go to wearethecinemaguys.com and we have everything you need right up there. Perfect, perfect. All right, uh, Sean, that's going to do it. That's going to do it. Thank you so much for this recommendation. It was so much fun disagreeing with you for once. He's walking off the show right now. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's funny. The minute I walked in and saw Rob, it's just his demeanor. I could tell. It was like he hated this movie. <laughs> and I thought, I'm so glad Brad's here. <laughs> but 
whatever, whatever. That's why I don't pay poker on my <laughs> days off because I'm just like, yeah, you can just see it in my face. Um, all right. Well, uh, this is us uh, signing off. Thank you guys for listening this week. Say goodbye, Sean. Bye, Sean.